0: Well, it's now just coming up to 20 past 12 here on Te Purongo o Tutanga. And I'm joined now by RNZ business reporter Kim Moody. And Kim, some big news coming out of Canada.
1: Kia ora, Rowan. Yes, a near $150 million takeover offer has been made for local transport software firm E-Road. The company's received an offer from a, from a subsidiary of the Canadian software group Constellation. Reporter Anand Zaki has more.
2: E-Road has been looking for possible partners to help it crack open the North American market for its truck management products. It's now emerged that Canadian-owned Brilliant, part of the giant Constellation software group, built a near 18% stake in E-Road over the past month for about $21 million. Now it's made a full offer for E-Road at $1.30 a share, compared to its closing price yesterday of 77 cents. The preferred deal is a scheme of arrangement, which is generally an easier takeover method than a full-on market offer under the Takeovers Code. Brilliant says it has agreed with some of the recent sellers that it will pay what it calls an escalation payment if it completes a takeover of E-Road at a higher price within six months. E-Road says it will now take advice and assess the offer against other options. It says it'll act in what it sees as shareholders' best interests and says investors don't need to take any action at the moment.
1: The Commerce Commission is talking up the benefits of market studies as it begins its latest one. The Competition Regulator has just started the fourth such study, this time into personal banking. Introduced in 2018, a market study is a relatively new addition to the Commission's arsenal, and previous studies have looked into fuel, groceries and building supplies. But they've been criticised for being less than effective in bringing competition, such as failing to recommend a breakup of the supermarket duopoly. But the Commission's chair, John Small, says consumers are better off following market studies.
2: We also see along the way, and you may have noticed some of this yourself, is that firms react during a study uh, and around a study in ways that actually pro-competitive. I mean, just to take one example, at the time of the draft report on groceries, which was only halfway through the project, the large supermarkets announced that they were abandoning all of their covenants, hundreds of restrictive covenants that prevented supermarkets from being built on sites.
1: That's Commerce Commission Chair John Small. Inflation and central policies have been top of the agenda on financial markets overnight. In Britain, inflation has sat stubbornly at 8.7%, an annual rate against expectations of a slight easing. The Bank of England is expected to raise its benchmark, its benchmark rate again tonight by 25 basis points to 4.75%. JP Morgan chief strategist Karen Ward says recession looks the inevitable outcome. The difficulty for the Bank of England, I mean, no one envies them their job at the moment, is they have to therefore create a recession. They have to create uncertainty and frailty because it's only when companies feel nervous about the future that they will think, well, maybe I won't put through that price rise. Or workers, when they're a little bit less confident about their job, think, oh, I won't push my boss for that higher pay. It's that weakness in activity, which eventually gets rid of inflation. And in the US, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell struck a hawkish tone in his appearance before a congressional committee. He says policymakers are quite clear that two more rate rises are likely needed this year to get on top of inflation. Meanwhile, US analyst Ken Fisher of Fisher Investments says economies around the world have been coping with higher interest rates, which are really only reverting to their longer-term averages.
0: Globally, Loan growth continues relatively robust. And these interest rate hikes haven't really eaten into that yet. So while the inflation's a problem, the economy globally has remained stronger than people ever expected. And that's particularly true in America.
1: That's Ken Fisher of Fisher Investments. New Zealand's four-day week has made Time magazine's list of the world's most influential companies, even though it's yet to make waves in New Zealand. Four-day week Global, a not-for-profit established in New Zealand and led by Andrew Barnes, has made the Time 100 most influential companies list alongside global giants Apple, Microsoft, Disney and TikTok. The shorter work week concept means a 32-hour week but for 40-hour but for a 40-hour week's pay and benefits. It was pioneered at Perpetual Guardian in 2018. Andrew Barnes says the movement is growing in many parts of the world and he expects it to become mainstream policy within the next 5 years. Our friends across the ditch, the Australian Senate Select Committee on Work and Care have recommended Uh,
0: Australia looks at some sort of four-day-week pilot. Uh, The silence from all parties in New Zealand has been deafening, which is slightly disappointing given the global campaign started right here.
1: And we'll hear more from Andrew Barnes later in the hour. Let's check in on the markets now. We're joined by Harry Wigley of Hobson Wealth for the latest. Kia ora, Harry. What's been happening on the New Zealand market today?
0: Kia ora, Kim. Uh so the New, New Zealand market is down about a half a percent um, last is eleven thousand seven hundred and eighteen. Obviously the big news is e-Roads take over by Brilliant, the uh Canadian outfit. So last traded at a dollar twenty, so that's up fifty-five percent on the day. Uh other names, uh locally Fisher and Pycle Healthcare down one point three percent to twenty three ninety seven. And Vista Group uh, last trade a dollar seventy, up one point eight percent.
1: And heading to Australia, how's the Australian 200 Index looking today?
0: So the Australian's also down about two thirds of a percent. Uh, last was seven thousand two hundred and sixty-six. Uh, the banks down as well. So ANZ down three quarter of uh, three quarters of a percent to twenty-three fifty. Westpac down a half to. 12 and BHP down 1.3% to 45.60 so uh, yeah, pretty tough day in, in Aussie as well.
1: Bit of a soggy day all round. How's the New Zealand dollar trading today?
0: Well the dollar actually continues its mini, mini rally so it's back above 62 US cents, 62.08 against the Aussie it's 91.32 against the pound 48.60 and against the euro
1: 56.50, And that leaves interest rates, oil, and gold, please.
0: Uh, three-month bank bill is now 5.71. Ten-year government bond, 4.5. Brent crude is 7,705. And gold at 1,933.
1: Oh, kia ora for your time, Harry. That's Harry Wigley of Homson Wealth. In other business news this lunch hour, the Australian newspaper is reporting local wealth manager Hobson Wealth is testing the waters across the Tasman over potential interest in its acquisition. Citing sources, the newspaper says the company is not officially for sale and estimates it could be worth about 20 million Australian dollars. But Hobson Wealth declined to comment on that speculation when approached by RNZ Business today. We'll bring you a wrap of the day's news and numbers around half past five in Checkpoint. For now, Rowan, that's Business.